Engagement in action. We have two choices. We can throw our hands in the air and say there's nothing we can do or we can brighten the corner where we are. Discovering the relationships between Rhodes University and the communities that surround it. It's really heartwarming to see someone move from a place of not knowing what they want to do in their future, um, feeling hopeless, into a place where they have a new purpose in life. This time, the Reviving Grahamstown Schools Programme, also known as the Vice-Chancellor's Education Project. I'm Cesar Mabizela. I'm the Vice-Chancellor of Rhodes University. Yes, the initiative is generally referred to as the VCS um, initiative. Uh, I, I just want to correct that. It is a collective, collaborative effort of many dedicated and committed uh, uh, people uh, in Grahamstown. And so uh, I just happen to occupy an important position where I'm able to rally all that energy around. And, and I'm quite excited with the level of uh, commitment that people have. Uh, I should also indicate that um, it is a result of an engagement I had with Margie Keaton, who is an incredible community uh, development person. We were involved in ensuring that the High Court was retained in Grahamstown, and we succeeded in that. And then she and I entered into a pact that the next important thing to address in Grahamstown is education. And so it's a collaborative effort which draws on many people in town and afar. I'm Ashley Westaway. I manage uh, Gadra Education. And in relation to the VCs initiative, what we've been asked to do is to manage that initiative on behalf of the university. So to take responsibility for the coordination of the implementation of the program and to report back to, to the governing committee. It is through access to quality education that people's future can change the power of education to transform lives, to, to transform societies and, and to transform the world uh, can never be underestimated. We can never build a sustainable uh, constitutional democracy without education. And also just to free the potential of every young person in this country. That is what the Constitution commits us to doing free the potential of every person and there's no better way to do that than through education. The overall strategy revolves around two central ideas. The one is to try to foster and support the emergence of centers of educational excellence, in other words schools in this instance, in, in under-resourced areas. We look for those schools that we think based on certain criteria have the potential to emerge as schools of excellence and focus resources on those schools. Initially, we focused our efforts just on Nsika and Mary Waters. And then from 2017, we, we also pulled Nombolela in. And then the second strategy is to say there are important institutions and important people in the system who are not necessarily located in those particular schools. So around the system as a whole to try and build communities of practice. The one aspect of implementation which is going to its third year now is the Rhodes Business School offering 
initially principals and then deputy principals and now even heads of department in schools, certified leadership training. So that's an example of a project that falls under the second strategic thrust, which is around trying to build uh, communities of practice in the system in Grahamstown. What we are trying to do is something that um, no other university has tried to do before, is to transform the entire uh, city. Uh, we know that our future as Rhodes University is inextricably interlinked with the um, future of the greater Grahamstown community. So there's no way in which we can be sustainable as Rhodes if the local community is not sustainable. Neither can the local uh, community be successful and be vibrant without a strong and a sustainable Grahamstown. So here in this town... We have some of the best schools in this country. And within a stone's throw, you have some of the most dysfunctional schools that are serving the majority of the young people of this town. As a caring institution, we cannot and we could not sit and watch when young people on our doorstep were being condemned into a life of despair, a life without hope. And so... We committed ourselves to making Grahamstown a center of educational opportunity for all. Probably the flagship intervention is the 19th mentoring intervention. That involves around about 80 to 90 student volunteers who, who are carefully selected in the first instance. Then they put through a training program and then they're in a highly structured intervention. So that's a very managed nine-contact session mentoring intervention with rigorous uh, monitoring and evaluation systems. That program offers mentoring support to around about 170 grade 12s across the three schools. We select those uh, mentees also based on academic performance. So, so selection is quite an important component here. That's been a very successful program because We've been able to increase the number of bachelor passes significantly from those students' grade 11 results to their matric results. So last year, for example, we ended up with 52 bachelor passes from those three schools. Um, all of those bachelor passes came through this program, and half of them are now registered as, as first years at Rhodes. So it's a fantastic program in that um, we can see the impact immediately. Um, and it's opening doors to the university. So it's, it, it makes sense for a whole lot of reasons. My name is Zanele Doisi, and I am currently studying a bachelor's degree in environmental science and geography. I went to Mary Waters High School, and I decided to mentor and 19 specifically because um, in grade 12, I was mentored by Dr. Westaway. So I saw that um, actually mentoring helps, and I decided that I also want to help other children get their grade 12, and specifically the symbol that they would like. So mentoring for me, I enjoy because I've seen the results from me and from many others. Um, so I enjoy sitting there and engaging with my mentee knowing their ambitions, knowing their goals, and working together with them to try and reach those goals. That's the most enjoyable part of mentoring, I feel. We have an incredible resource 
in the young people of our country who are studying at Rhodes. And many of them are keen and willing to contribute to the general upliftment of our community. And this, of course, is part of our deliberate effort of producing a particular kind of a graduate, a graduate with a heightened sense of social awareness, a graduate that is able to make a contribution for the betterment of our society and the whole world. Not only people who are keen or are able to see the world as it is, or our society as it is, but can imagine a better society and a better world. My name is Giora Bezeramachacha, and I am currently doing my honours in organisational psychology. I'm originally from Gauteng in the Val, in Sharpville. I went to primary school in Vanderbilt in the Val. Then I went to high school at the Oprah Winfrey Leadership Academy for Girls. Then straight after that, I came to Grahamstown. I come from a school that placed a lot of emphasis on leadership and taking initiative in every space that you occupy. I'm, I'm more passionate um, about education than I am about anything else. And so when the 910s program was introduced in 2016, I was really attracted to it because of what it stood for. In my first year, I got two mentees. And um, they were both very different. You'd find that the one was very driven. They they knew from the onset what they want to do post grade twelve, and the other wasn't very sure. And that really made me realize that because of the lack of support that the students get, um, either at school or in their households, it it limits their their thinking. It limits the possibilities that they have. They all had the same idea that I want to be in the army, or I want to be a nurse, I want to be a soldier. And so, in as much as both. Both of my mentees in my first year were different in, in the sense that one was driven, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. The other one was very limited. And so I had the responsibility of, of working hand in hand with her to try and actually expand her thinking and expose her to more and, and show her that she actually has the potential to get to what she couldn't have possibly imagined. So when I began mentoring Ross my first year, I thought since I was an easy mentor, I would like to think that also I would get an easy mentee, but it turned out to be the opposite. She wanted to pass, but it's the work. She didn't really want to put in the hard work. And that's when I, I asked Dr. Westaway if we could talk with her family. Me and Dr. Westaway went to the mentee's home and we tried to get the support from the guardians and try and emphasize that she really needed to work harder. And from there, we could see that mm, you know, we, we are talking, but it's not really going in. That's what um, made my mentee difficult is because I think she didn't really get the support from the family. And if I may say, education wasn't really a core value for them. I think the biggest challenge that we as mentors face a lot is the fact that mentees have to share textbooks. Um, they, there's a segment in the program where we focus on summaries. And so each week a mentee is expected to come with um, summaries for, let's say, life science or history or geography. And so the first issue that I 
came across was that sometimes my mentees wouldn't be able to fully immerse themselves in the activity because they didn't have textbooks. And so that was a challenge. And so I needed to come up with ways to try and assist, you know, with with fixing that particular problem. I encouraged them to start study groups and ensure that in the study groups, at least two people or three people have a textbook. And so whenever they meet, they will always have resources. What's fantastic is that in this process, students develop a sense of meaning, a sense of civic responsibility, and they also realize and recognize that they're good at this. It's it's about building people's readiness and people's confidence people's ability to access the workplace in, a, in an alternative kind of way, instead of relying on old traditional networks and privilege, to, to try and see this as a way of enabling less fortunate students to, to similarly develop their CVs and their, and their sense of their own agency and, 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 and ability to, to make a difference. Honestly, in first year when I was during the time with my first mentee, I felt like, oh, oh, this is a bit frustrating. But I had to pull through because I joined the mentoring program saying that I want to mentor someone. This is this is the commitment I made. So I have to pull through with the difficulties because not everything is easy. In the first year, um, I felt like I was just trying to assist. We'd have an agreement with the mentees that, okay, I'm going to come with past papers. I'm going to try to get resources for you guys, um, the resources that you can use. But at times I felt like they didn't appreciate that. And I'm just like, I'm using so much printing credit just for someone to throw the papers away because the next time I'd be like, where's that booklet that I gave you? Like, oh, it's at home. And I'm just like, hmm. So there were moments where I felt like I was doing things, but they weren't appreciated. But then a friend of mine reminded me, they're like, actually, it's not really about you, you know. Um, and we're able to constantly share experiences with each other. And so when, when mentors are faced with various challenges, so maybe not knowing how to deal with a student who constantly has to do chores at home and still needs to balance their schoolwork, because we have different mentors who have dealt with different kinds of mentees. We're able to share our experiences and help each of the mentors get through the entire process. And so ultimately, by the end of it, I believe that it, it, it helps change people's perspectives. So the person that you were in the beginning probably changes um, at the end of it all. I think it's a very constructive model. And what we say to the students from the beginning in terms of the training is that the program ultimately is about people and it's about relationships and it's about solidarity. And the student participants are as important as the Nsika learners or the Mary Waters learners or the, or the Nombolela learners. Everyone who is involved in this program is important, students and learners alike. I was thoroughly impressed, particularly over the past two years when we had student protests, um, that even during the period of protests, those students who had put up their hands, and there are, there are many, many of them, never missed an opportunity to go and honor their commitment to serve as mentors, to serve in the 910s program, and all the other initiatives that we have. And that for me speaks volumes about the 
kind of young people that we have. Dr. Mabizela spoke at the award ceremony of the Matric School some years ago and based on his understanding of the school, suggested that instead of it just offering students a second chance at, at doing matric, that there should be some kind of more immediate bridging opportunity between the school and the university and an academic package that would push the students a little bit harder. We came up with the suggestion of formalizing a bridging program that would enable select students who came in with a bachelor level pass already to upgrade just two of their school subjects and then take um, Psychology 1 um, on campus registered as occasional students. The big advantage of that um, was the understanding would be that in the event that students passed psychology, they would then be admitted as mainstream students the following year. My name is Papa Mahanoka. I'm 19 years old. I finished my matric in 2016. I was studying at Nziga Senior Secondary School, but, but then last year I went to Gadro Matric School to upgrade my marks. Then they told me that they are doing some bridge course with the Rhodes University. So they want 10 students who are going to do psychology. Um, the experience was quite great because I was excited but some are somehow afraid. So when I firstly did the psychology with the other Rhodes students, it was it was just an exciting moment, I don't wanna lie. It was really an exciting experience. Because like the huge classes with many students and one lecturers speaking and everything like it was sort of like an exciting moment because i'm not used to it and it was like my first time doing it my view was that look it served no useful purpose just to go through the same material that they had gone through last year that they need to be stimulated they need to be stretched and so that helps because it eases them into the university and those that went through this program last year did exceedingly well in fact, they did even much better than our first-year psychology students to show that we should never give up on any person. Under no circumstances should we write off any living human being. And, and that, for me, is important to instill a sense of hope and to instill a sense of confidence in them. And they're doing very well. I'm now doing a BA in sociology with English and is it closer? After I get my degree, I would like to go to the workplace and become an organizational psychologist. Out of all my father's children, I'm the first one to go to university. I'm the first one to experience how varsity life is. So like they know nothing about varsity. They, my parents are proud because like, I think it's such a great experience for them to when they speak to other people and they just tell them that I have a child that's learning at Rhodes University. My, my father doesn't say much. He just smiles and says he's proud of me, and that's all. Yes, we have committed ourselves that um, roads will be accessible to young people of this town. They don't have to pay any application fee. Uh, as long as they come through our program, they will be afforded that opportunity. In their first year, they're supposed to be in the residence so that they can experience what it is like to be at Rhodes University. And of course, this is part of our commitment when we said Rhodes University is not just in Grahamstown. 
it is four and off Grahamstown. So there's a sense of ownership that the local community need to have of this institution. I think it, it gives me that courage, it gives me that hope to wake up every morning to know that like at home they're looking at me, they know that I'm going to get that degree. So like it pushes me to work very hard so that I won't disappoint them in any way. We have um, direct communication with the um, provincial government. We have another meeting with the DG of Basic Education in Pretoria. They came down earlier this year uh, and we shared with them, in fact, we have been sharing with them uh, the initiatives that we are doing. And so they've also asked us to come up to Pretoria because they believe as much as we do that we are doing something different, not just the the typical things that are done in various interventions. Uh, and so we, we we are pleased with that. But look, we are dealing with a huge problem. Basic education in our country is is in an abysmal state. We have two choices. We can throw our hands in the air and say there's nothing we can do, or we can brighten the corner where we are. And we are really operating on that principle that while we cannot change the whole world, let's try to make a world of change in the little space that we find ourselves in. There are different ways to change a system. It's very interesting, for example, if you compare the performance of Nsika, let's say, with the performance of Khutlisa Daniels. These are both no-fee schools. They're both in Grahamstown. They're both operating essentially uh, under the same set of constraints. But at Nsika now, we, for the second or third year consistently, the, the pass rates at matric are, are over 80%. And for the last two years, there have been 22 learners um, in grade 12 who've got bachelor passes. So you compare that to Khutlisa Daniels, where the pass rate last year was 25%, and there were maybe one or two bachelor passes. So, so there we've got two schools that would be categorized the same, but are producing radically different educational outcomes. Uh, we even had the interesting situation, not in 2017, but 2016, when SICA outperformed one of the local Model C schools, one of the fee-paying schools. So this is, a, I think, a, an, an interesting illustration. It shows what is possible, even under very, very difficult circumstances. You don't necessarily have to change a system by looking at improving the, the mechanics of that system. You can think about how to change the system by mobilizing other kinds of resources. This is essentially what this initiative is. It's, it's about trying to mobilize university resources, trying to change a schooling system from the outside. I don't think that the resource constraints, which may be absolutely inhibiting in a place like Mkanduli, I don't think that, that, that those same constraints um, are as inhibiting in a, in a context like Grahamstown because there are other resources. So it's about trying to understand your context, understand what kind of possibilities that context offers, and then turning those possibilities into projects that can actually be managed and implemented. Our involvement with the local community is not an act of charity. It is a recognition and an affirmation of our common humanity and our shared destiny. And that for me is important. So when young people and our staff go out to make a contribution, 
they don't do it from a position of saying, we are going to lend a hand, we are going to help. No, uh, we are going to empower. It's not about that. It's not about that. It's about contributing to building a more sustainable, a more resilient, and a more successful community as an acknowledgement of our common humanity. What I see 19th is doing is that through the years, you find that there are responses from the mentees saying that I don't have this sort of support at home. I don't have the support with my teachers. I've never had someone who tells me that they actually believe in me. As a mentor, you support the learner throughout the year within the 19th sessions and without the 19th sessions because you do exchange numbers and whenever they feel they have a difficulty, they chat. So with 19th, I believe that's the positive role that they play. Well, the only way we can make it sustainable is to actually embed it in the life of the, the university, in the entire DNA of the university, so that when people come to Rhodes, they know that part of their education will entail having to make a contribution uh, in, in this society. And of course, uh, we, we do advise our students to be humble. Uh, I know they have this youthful exuberance and uh, they think that they can turn everything upside down in a short space of time. You know, those communities have been there and they will be there long after our students are gone. And so we ask them to work with the community they are not there to help them. They are there to contribute so that our community members become agents of their own emancipation. I know the situation back home. I know my, my background. So we're given an opportunity. So it's up to you if you're going to take it. So like the things people supported me, like the, the words they would say to me when I try to give up, then I'll have to look back and know that I've come this far. So those kind of things will, will motivate me to keep on moving hard, even if it's hard. But at the end of the day, it's going to be worth it. I think I was actually thinking next year when I do my second year, like when I've gained all the confidence and all, all the other things, I'm willing to go like go back to my school or even to cardiometric school and mentor other children. Uh, I'm personally uh, driven and guided by um, a Chinese saying that it is better to light a candle than to curse darkness. And so it is in that context that we said, in this space where we find ourselves, let's do something. And hopefully that will have a ripple effect. And before long, if you light one candle, you light another one, and before long you see the whole place lit up. And so we will light these candles one by one uh, in the fullness of time, we hope that we shall have lit up the whole of South Africa through education. My aim really is to assist someone in realizing that they have so much potential in them. And so when, when the mentees are satisfied with their results or when they see improvements and they gain their passion back, that makes me so happy because not only am I 
helping them, but I believe that whatever they have gained from the program, they will assist someone else. And so really for me, it's heartwarming knowing that we are starting a movement, an educational movement that will continue even from years to come. hear other podcasts in this series, search for Engagement in Action on iTunes or go to ru.ac.za forward slash community engagement.